Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to the Tuesday Buckeye Talk. Douglas Maurice and Nathan Baird. We just covered something live as we record this Monday afternoon. First news conference that I've been part of live. Nathan, your first one live? You had been at practice and you'd gone to games. I, the only other thing that I've done since the pandemic, because everybody listening to this knows I didn't cover any games last year live. I, cu- I went to spring football practice one day this spring, but this was like the first thing like this. Is this your first news conference since the pandemic too? Oh yeah. This is my first thing like this since um, the first week of March last year, the third spring practice of 2020. We talked to linebackers and we talked to tight ends. I think you were there too that day. Okay. And then they left for spring break and just never came back. And that was it. Um, so this is about name, image, and likeness and what is happening in the state of Ohio and what is happening with Ohio State. That's what we're going to talk about. It is. <laughs> I'm so good at selling this podcast, Nathan. On a scale of one to ten, one being bleh, ten being whoo, this is like a, somewhere between like a four and a six. I think. What do you think? What is this? Yeah, I was going to give it the benefit of the doubt and say like five and a half, only because uh, here's where it could be important. As we've talked about, as I've written about, several states have laws that go into effect July 1st. Ohio State was one of 11 states that was doing nothing. Not Ohio State, but Ohio, the state, was one of 11 states doing nothing had nothing going through their legislature. Um, A lot of other states at least had something started. Like I said, some had things passed that were going to go into effect July 1st. Some had things passed that aren't going to go into effect until 2022, 2023. I think Michigan was one of them. But at least there were things happening in those states. Nothing was happening in Ohio. So at least this gives Ohio State some security and all the the programs in, in Ohio some security if the NCAA keeps fumbling the ball here and doesn't do anything in June like they say they're going to. And if the federal government doesn't do anything, which Anthony Gonzalez is on Buckeye Talk just a couple weeks ago, saying he thinks there's no chance of it happening by July and maybe not even by December from a federal government standpoint. So now at least Ohio State and whoever else, Cincinnati, Dayton, whoever else, has something that they can fall back on if none of those other people come through with their own nationwide uh, rules. We were talking about it before the news conference started. It's much more newsworthy if Ohio did not do something with NIL. And then the headline is Ohio State is behind Alabama and Georgia and Florida in recruiting because those states passed the idea that college athletes can make money on endorsements. And in Ohio, they haven't passed it. And that is a disadvantage. That's newsy. The fact that this is going to happen, and we'll get into the details. The bottom line is Ohio's going to pass the same bill that all the Southern states had, and it's just getting back Ohio, Ohio State on equal footing with all those schools. So that's not that interesting. It's like the normal thing happened that we all thought was going to happen, right? So it's the, it's the lack of action that would have been more newsworthy in this circumstance. 
So, right. and, and it, as, like I said, I had just written about it last Friday, a thing I published last Friday saying Ohio is one of 11 states with nothing going on. And then like later that day, we got a heads up like, hey, be ready Monday afternoon. So I'm not saying that what I wrote, I'm, I'm literally not saying anything that I wrote spurred action, but like this has been coming. Like we've been, we've been sort of careening towards this July 1st deadline for other states to figure out what they're going to do. Cause these five states jumped ahead and, and got things going much quicker than everybody else did. It was like, if you were writing a story about like, Nathan is not locking his car and is leaving the keys in the ignition every night when he goes in his house, his car might get stolen. Every night he goes into his house, he leaves the keys in the ignition and he doesn't lock it. His car might get stolen. And if then you had a news conference to announce, I'm going to stop leaving the keys in the ignition and I'm going to lock my car. And it was like, oh, now Nathan's car won't get stolen. Just like every other car doesn't get stolen because nobody does that. It's like you did the normal thing. I don't know that I would cover the Nathan Bear decides to lock his car news conference. But it is very interesting while you are sitting there with the keys in the ignition because I'm waiting for your car to get stolen. So like, hey, Ohio didn't act. I'm waiting for Ohio State to start losing recruits because they're going to be like, ah, I don't know. Georgia said I could make money. But now that's not it anymore. So like it's less interesting. So the thing that happened makes it not interesting. And this is the other part. And so we're going to talk about ourselves and part of this because the issue is not that interesting. So I want us to talk about like what the news conference was like and who we think was kind of like, ah, that guy, I don't know. And who we thought, oh, that was interesting. I'm not going to brag about it, but I am going to note it. The way this worked, we all were in in folding chairs that were spaced out. I don't know that we were six feet apart, but we were four and a half feet apart or whatever. And we all had to have masks on. We were in the Covelli Center, which I had never been in before. It's the new wrestling arena. They played a basketball game there last year. I didn't cover it. I didn't cover anything. Very nice arena, right down from the football building. They, they're clearly showing off the arena. Ohio State can have, this is like, it's almost like a strategic thing of where do they have the news conference? They used to have these news football news conferences all the time in the Jack Nicholas Museum because it was like we have a museum dedicated to one of the 10 greatest athletes in American sporting history and nobody goes in it. So they would make us go. They had the they had the Gordon Gee, Gene Smith, Jim Tressel, the pro the football program is on fire. Tattoo Gate News Conference in the Jack Nicholas Museum. Is that the is that the hope I hope he doesn't fire me press yes. conference? Was in it's like was next to like, oh, here's where Jack, here's the uh the scorecard from when Jack Nicholas won the 1986 Masters at age 46. And over here we have the president of the university saying embarrassing, ridiculous things. Thank you for coming to our news conference. So they wanted to show off the Covelli Center because they, I mean, Ohio State has a million places to have news conferences. It's lovely. Yeah, it's very Lovely. nice. And I know that, you know, it's for wrestling, it's for volleyball, it's for gymnastics. It's a great place. I'm sure they're going to try to get Big Ten wrestling tournament there and like that kind of great. Lovely. Great to see it. Great to be back with the crew. Everybody's there again, just to be, you know, Tim May is there and Bill Landis is there and Austin Ward is there and the whole gang, Bill, Bill Rabinowitz and Joey Kaufman. So they have two microphones set up on the side and you have to stand up from your spaced chair and walk over to the microphone to ask your question. So I went over and I asked a question. A bunch of people asked a question. Nathan, you went over and asked a question. And then I got, I, I went over for a second question. I got to ask the last question. And, and we can, I want to ask you, Nathan, whether it, if you thought it was an appropriate question, but the whole news conference is look at this awesome thing that we're doing that everybody agrees on the senator who introduced it. You can say his name. Cause I don't, I can't remember what his name is. No offense to him. I'm not a politician. We have it on a, they, they passed out in a folder. We, I got a free uh, manila folder out of it. Yep. Cause, cause the news, they, it, it came in a, it came in a folder. So free folder. That's cool. Near uh, Niraj Antani, Niraj Antani, who is a, uh, I think a well-known state Senator. Not from Columbus. I don't know why he did it. But. From Miamisburg, home of Josh Myers. Which he mentioned. Oh, yeah. He also mentioned that he read my columns when he was young, which made me feel old, which I think was his intention. He said I, it was only 10 years ago. That's true. He's a pretty so, young state senator, I think. He is. So my question at the end basically was, 
wow, it seems like, because he said, because Niraj Antani said, this bill will pass. They're proposing it right now. There's an emergency provision in the bill. It's not part of the budget process. My God, we might get into this for 20 seconds. You're already falling asleep, listener. The word budget process is not a phrase you want to say on a sports podcast, but they're going to make it be an emergency standalone vote. Nathan, nobody's going to vote against it. Who in the state of Ohio would vote against this? As we talked about Anthony Gonzalez, it might be the last bipartisan piece of legislation that exists in the world. So a little detour of what I was going to say, right? I mean, like we're talking about the news conference today was he is introducing it today. And they're going to try to have it enacted by July 1st, which means between today and July 1st, Ohio's legislators have to pass it. But it's going to pass. Who would vote against it? I'm not sure it's not going to pass unanimously. Yes. And we were talking. I, I would, you mentioned all of those sports reporters who were there and were asking questions. And I, I would say the majority of people who asked questions were people on the Ohio State beat or, or and a couple of the TV people. And there was somebody there from the Associated Press who was asking more from the political side of things. And he expressed some skepticism, I suppose, or at least was was a little bit was inquiring about the how realistic it was. You know, basically, like you're doing this in six weeks, like you have the votes lined up already to do this. And I, but again, it kind of goes back to like how why how are the votes not there for this all along? Like, again. If, 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 if Ohio State goes to its state senators and says, this will help us do all the Ohio statey things that you say you like us to be able to do, I don't, I don't know how that wasn't done months, if not years ago. The Ohio, Ohio could have been one of the states that was like leading this. And instead, it's like being shoehorned in with six weeks to go before this deadline that other states have sort of imposed on all of college sports. Which is the point I want to get to, but I'm going to go on another detour because I don't want to talk about no politics. I want to tell the people this. So the guy who asked that question, the political writer who asked that question, he is a political writer who does dabble in sports. He's been around sports. He's a very experienced Associated Press writer who's based in Columbus. So we see him from time to time, particularly when there's a sports thing that gets off the field, right? Whether it's NCAA issues or you know, hiring a new president or whatever. His name's Andrew Welsh Huggins. This is why I don't like Andrew Welsh Huggins. Andrew Welsh Huggins is the author of six books about Andy Hayes, private investigator. And Andy Hayes is his character in this fiction series that this AP writer has written, who he is in the series, a former Ohio State quarterback who's la- who shares a last name with Woody Hayes and he now he like is a down on his luck football player who became a private eye and he like solves crimes around Columbus. And I am I don't like Andrew Welsh Huggins because he actually had an idea and did something about it. And I want to write the novels <laughs> about the down on his luck Ohio State football player who becomes a private eye. I don't want the political AP guy to do it. I want the Ohio State football writer to do it. I have so many ideas in my head, Nathan, that I am too dumb and lazy to actually get down on paper. There is another idea that I've had that I've told people about that is 60% of the idea I had is currently being made into a movie uh, starring um, the guy who's the Ohio State football uh, fan who was who won the uh, Oscar for Whiplash. What's his name? He's in the, the he's in the insurance commercials. The farmers. Uh, oh, we, um, 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 yes. God, how am guy. I forgetting his name? Yeah, he's a huge Ohio State football fan. And Stephen James, who played Jesse Owens, they're making a movie. J.K. Simmons. J.K. JK Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Simmons and Stephen James are making a movie. Um, and I have a whole movie idea that, like, I told Ari and Bill about, like eight years ago and never did anything with. And it was like 60% of the movie is now being made because somebody else actually wrote it. So but Andrew Welsh Huggins is on my list because he actually uh, wrote a book. Can't you write a book in which you kill off Andy Hayes, the private detective or whatever. And then where does he go from there? Like you've killed off the character that if, I, if it's like uh, Andy Hayes is dead, he's been killed by, uh, by, uh, Carson 
uh, yeah, by Carson Jones, this big, uh, gangly, fun-loving quarterback from Cleveland who won a national championship and then had his starting job taken away the next year, and now he's a private eye. And yeah, no, I can do that. I don't know if you, I don't know, I'm not sure about how publishing works. I'm not sure if you can kill off another author's character, but I could try. Yeah, I, I mean, it's worth a, it's worth a shot. So every time Andrew Welsh Huggins, every time I see his byline, he's up at the news conference, I think, uh, Andrew Welsh Huggins, I, I dislike you because you, you actually executed your dream instead of just sitting around and talking about it for 20 years like I do. So, of course, I'm kidding. You guys should go read the Andy Hayes series. Like, if you don't know about it, it's like, hey, do you know that, like, there's a series of crime novels where the main characters are a former Ohio State football player written by a reporter from Columbus? How awesome is that? We should have Andrew Welsh Huggins on the podcast so I can rip him to his face as I admire him from afar. (laughs) Anyway, he asked the question, but to your point, Nathan, we are all looking at it from a sports perspective because we don't know no politics. He did ask some smart questions, but the senator was like, eh, we're good. Like, we're going to get it passed. And like how I just don't see a world where it doesn't. Because everybody agrees on this. And by the way, who's going to be the state senator that stands up and says like, oh, Ohio State football's in favor of this, but I'm against it. I'm not sure that being against Ohio State football is a smart political move in this state. Yeah, I, I mean, I reached out to some lawmakers last week when I was writing that piece and one of them got back to me and he was very quick to say, well, I'm, I'm definitely in favor of this, but like, I don't know how we would do it in six weeks. And this somebody else decided that they could. So um, he said now he said that he... I thought he gave a terrible answer to you, by the way. Like you asked, like, why is this getting started just now? You asked one well, of the very that's first my questions. Thing. Oh, right. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. I'm just talking about just in this calendar. Year. And he's like, well, we first brought it up 18 months ago and then COVID happened. I'm like, well, COVID was kind of nationwide and, and Alabama and Florida and Georgia all still got their bills set for July 1st, like a while ago. So there needs to be a better answer than that as to why Ohio is just now doing this. But I think that the the pressure has probably been ramped up from inside Ohio State to get this going and and find a lawmaker who would who would carry this for them. Yeah, my first question was, right, why didn't you do this a year ago? And then my last question was, why didn't you do this 10 years ago? Because it is a little bit and I don't want to make it too big of a deal out of this. Somebody along the way said, like, it's a it's a historic day. I also never know whether it's oh. an historic day or a historic day. It's a historic day, right? But sometimes you get the and in there. It doesn't seem right. Yeah. Either way, I wouldn't say it as part of the preface for my question. So I don't 100% disagree with that because like the idea that like, hey, amateur athletes have never been able to make outside money. And now we're going to try to pass a law that says they can. That is kind of a big deal, right? But the thing that I don't like, Nathan, and I don't want to compare it to things that are more important, but this is like kind of important. And like in our realm, it's important. And to the college athletes, like it's really important. It is. It's quite a big deal. It's not as important as a million other things going on in the political world. But I don't know if in 1920, when like they gave women the right to vote, if everybody was like, you know, I've always said women should have the right to vote. And finally, and like were people like, yeah, congratulations. Everybody agrees women should have the right to vote. Why have our heads been up our butts for the last hundred years? Like, this is like, Nathan, there was a lot of like back padding going on by Gene Smith and the state senator of like, it's it's time to do this, whatever. It's like, yes, right. Why did we ever live in a world? And we did for a long time where it felt like the idea of of a college athlete making a commercial was a sin. It's insane that we were there for that long. And that was the my final. I said, it's too late for Troy Smith. It's too late for Braxton Miller. It's too late for Kyle Snyder as a gold medal winning wrestler, an Ohio State student who could have made a bunch of money off this. It's too late for Kelsey Mitchell, who is one of the best women's college basketball players in the country. This is great. Why, why didn't this happen before? And Gene Smith said NIL legislation. And I asked the question without knowing the full history of NIL. He said it first came up in 2001. And like everybody was like, nah, 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 nah. And it took this long. But man, it's kind of embarrassing, Nathan, because like at this point, there's nobody left who objects. Who objects to this? Except guess what? Five years ago, everybody objected. 
And like, I'm not saying like, I, but it's like, I didn't object. I thought it was stupid, but like everybody in power in college sports, all the ADs, all the coaches, all the NC governing, NCAA governing body, everybody in every state legislature, everybody in Congress, nobody was doing this. I understand it's not the most important thing in the world, but I, we can't just act like, wow, look at us now. We're making progress when everybody agrees when five years ago, everybody was on the other side and they never should have been. And I think it, it means something that even if nothing gets done in terms of federal legislation, which, again, I think Gonzalez was pretty skeptical about, G. Smith today is still talking about they're going to need federal legislation eventually to um, smooth out some of the, the rough edges and the discrepancies are going to happen from state to state. Even if that never happens, I think the fact that it was getting to the level where senators were coming out and proposing legislation and talking about it, like it. it that was reflective of how the conversation had changed. I think just even among fans, I think for a long time, even fans were just sort of putting up with this as the way that it was. And I think now you're seeing more people will just speak up and say, isn't this kind of ridiculous? And I think also the other thing that happened here was while the, while the athletes earning potential remained stagnant and at zero every year, the earning potential of coaches and ADs kept skyrocketing and skyrocketing and skyrocketing and going up. And I think people just over time became more and more frustrated with that discrepancy. And so those two things, I think eventually pushed this to where it is now, where now it is, it's, it's just a foregone conclusion that it's going to happen. It's just a matter of what form it takes and how, how quickly they come to, again, that, that sort of state to state agreement, of how this is going to look. Cause even after Ohio's law goes into effect, and even if the NCA puts something into effect, there's still going to be state to state discrepancies here that are going to have to be managed somehow. All right. More shouting after this on Buckeye talk. Doug Maurice and Nathan Baird talking NIL. So what changed California passed this law in September of 2019 that said athletes can make money off name, image, and likeness. And I didn't ask Gene Smith this question. I'm not afraid to be a jerk in that setting. I don't, I want to modulate my level of jerkness. Gene Smith's initial response, and Gene Smith, again, was on the NCAA committee for this. Back in 2019, his first response was like, well, if California passes this stuff, we can't play California schools anymore. Remember when everybody was reacting that way? Because it was like, well, California is going to be operating under one set of rules, and everybody else is going to be operating under other rules, and it's going to be an advantage for California schools to have NIL, so we just can't schedule them. The senator today... And again, I, I don't mean to, to not, I don't want to disrespect him by not saying his name. Naraj Antani said that prompted him, right? That like, well, once California did it, that's when he started thinking about it. Again, it's like, okay, that was September 2019. It's two, two and a half years. Like what? Not two and a half years. I guess it's a year and a half. But like, we could have gone faster. He said, yes, the pandemic, I understand, whatever. But like, again, why did California have to go first? Why didn't Ohio, if we're, you're, we care about this so much in Ohio, as you said earlier, Nathan, why didn't Ohio start this? California started it, and instead of it like ruining everything, everybody fell in line. So credit to California. If you agree with this, it started in California. If you disagree with it, I would like to hear, actually, I'm not saying that these people don't exist. I don't. I can't think anymore of the rationale of why you would be, I mean, the discussion of should schools pay players? I understand why there are two sides to that anymore. I have no idea what the other side is to this, why you would be against players being able to endorse stuff. So that happened then. And so here we are now. I, I, I can't remember what my main point was. I'll get to my second point. Then we had a meeting about this the other day. Nathan, and again, I like to spill our inside corporate secrets on a podcast and JH, if you're listening, you know how I am. No offense. I'm not going to actually spill all the secrets, but we had a big meeting because potentially we're thinking maybe our company is thinking about doing kind of an interesting project with some of this stuff. And I said in the meeting, I'm not sure how big of a deal this is because in one way, it's a big deal. If you're a player and you can make money, that's a big deal. Good. Congratulations. I'm glad you can make money. But like, other than that, Nathan, that is a big thing for an individual athlete. And I, that, that's what I've always thought should happen. It's big for those players. It's big for those families. But I don't know what else changes. It's like, oh, those people who couldn't make money before, now they can make outside money. Oh, Taraji Mitchell sh- sold a t-shirt. Cool. Oh, Justin Fields got a big Chips Ahoy endorsement. Awesome. Oh, 
a gymnast, uh, you know, got an endorsement for, uh, you know, Pepsi. Cool. But like, what else? Like, yeah, what I mean, else is interesting? What else changes? Look at it this way. Like right now, there's a battle going on at Ohio State to be the starting quarterback this fall between three players. And we would presume that whoever is the starting quarterback at Ohio State has an earning potential that number two and number three in the quarterback line at Ohio State do not have from his name, image, and likeness. I think you're going to have additional opportunities. But I don't think that affects – I don't think that comes into anybody's mind that's competing for that job right now. I think those three guys want to compete for that job because they want to play. They want to play and they want to win. And, and, and if they can't play here, they'll go somewhere else. And, and because not because of NIL opportunities, but because they want to play and they want to win. So I don't know that it changes the essence of competition in any way in terms of college sports. Where I think it does make a big impact is something I brought up a couple of times. But Anthony Gonzalez, I thought, made a great point when he was on our uh, Senator Anthony Gonzalez or Representative Anthony Gonzalez made a great point when he was on you this podcast. You can call him Gonzo. You can call him Gonzo. I felt bad just, even just calling him Anthony Gonzalez. Um, he made a great point when he was on here talking about his wife, right? Who is he was a a swimmer at Stanford, like the most expensive metro area in the country, probably. And you can't even give a swim lesson for fifty bucks to go buy cheeseburgers on the weekend. Like that's the thing that gets opened up here. It's not really about that the the the, the somebody getting millions of dollars for endorsements and, and like, not to be blunt, but like, that's awesome. She should be able to give swim lessons and make money, but I don't care. It doesn't affect me as a fan, but uh, but that's a fact. That's what I'm saying. But like, it's not interesting. I don't want to write a 4,000 word story about person gives swim lessons, earns an extra $200 a month. Cool. She should be able to do that. What else? What? Okay. So like what now? Oh, before, if I wanted to go to a Jonas Brothers concert, I didn't have the money. Now I do like, but it's, it's so matter of fact, it's like, well, what's going to happen? Well, people who did make money, who weren't allowed to make money before now they can make money. Oh, what's that like at life? Look, I I think there, I think there are things or there are ramifications here that are important whether they're interesting in terms of this podcast or another thing, you know, got people G Smith today threw out that number, like um, what it was like an average of $27,000 in debt that athletes are, are leaving school with like to reduce that number is a huge thing, especially when they've been prohibited from being able to reduce that number by these are antiquated, ridiculous rules. But is that like interesting? I don't know. That's a different question. No. Well, but that is the question. I mean, like, cause, cause like, Okay, so it happened. There's one. It's it's important for the athletes because they've been been denied it for no reason, forever. But I'm not sure. Um, but does it change who's going to be good in sports? And we've written about. We've already wrote about when this first came out. We were like, it's going to be good for Ohio State because they're going to be in a bigger city than some other places, right? Columbus is bigger than Tuscaloosa. Maybe there's a bigger business community. Maybe that provides more opportunities. Maybe they get a couple extra recruits. I don't think Ohio State, but Ohio State's already one of the three best programs in the country at, country at recruiting. And I don't think Alabama's going to lose the number one spot because of NIL. They're going to lose the number one spot if and when, when Saban retires, maybe, if they don't hire Dabo. But they're not going to lose it because of NIL. And like Ohio State, who is good, is already going to be good. And we talked about, well, maybe Minnesota will recruit a little bit better than Purdue. And we all understand that. But I don't think like it's a sea change. It is a change for the athletes. I can make money. But guess what? Every other athlete in the country already makes money. And people are interested in LeBron James's endorsements. People are interested whether he's Nike or whether he's Reebok. People are interested whether he's Coke or whether he's Pepsi but they are much more interested in whether the Lakers are going to win the title. And so like, I just think to act like, well, the world has changed for college sports. I don't, I don't think that's true. It hasn't changed for fans. It hasn't changed for us. Like what? So then what's interesting. Good luck to Taraja Mitchell. Right. And then specific moments. Listen, Braxton Miller made a spin move t-shirt after he graduated. If he could have made a spin move t-shirt two days after the spin move against Virginia Tech, we would have written a story about 
Braxton Miller is selling spin move t-shirts on his website. And guess Everybody what? Would have. Every outlet Everybody. on the Ohio State beat would have written that. And, and Ohio State fans would have bought them up in droves. And Braxton Miller might have made 100 grand. We'll write that when it happens. That's interesting. Like theoretical sea change, but that doesn't. But Braxton Miller was going to come to Ohio State anyway. He was going to do the spin move anyway, right? It's just like after the fact, after the thing that was happening anyway, he could make money. That is interesting at certain times for specific things. It does not change how college sports operates, I don't think. And I think some people are acting like it does. The haves are still going to be the haves. The have-nots are still going to be the have-nots. And what else is there? Yeah, I mean, competitively, I don't know that it changes anything in the short or maybe even the long term. The one thing I am kind of keeping my eye on, though, is sometimes these things are the, the what, do you, what do you call them, like the fence posts, like they're the markers for things that are happening, uh, bigger things that are happening over time. And it's not accurate to say that this state law or any of these state laws or what the NCA might enact in June are as far as everyone wants this to go. There are people who want this to go farther. There's people who want even more lenient rules on what college athletes can and can't do. And does this satisfy the the large the, the, the majority of college athletes out there, or do they get a taste of this, but see also still all the regulations that are involved with it and say, this doesn't go far enough and, and keep pushing until things do start to change as far as, I guess, just the, the organized landscape of, of college athletes. But I don't think that's an immediate change. I think that's, this is a moment in time. And I think this will, this will, will settle into a new reality. And then maybe that it would continue to develop towards something else over time. So when I asked Gene Smith at the end about why did it take so long, and he said I, it shouldn't have taken so long, but he also at, at some point during the news conference, he said, I guess it was in reaction to this. He said, like, the big thing is recruiting and everybody was always worried about the level playing field. And if you started doing stuff like this, would it uh, uneven make the playing field so uneven that the recruiting disparity would be gigantic? And he said everybody was worried about that with cost of attendance when they did that whatever it was, five or six years ago, that now instead of just giving tuition and room and board, you could include cost of attendance. And for instance, cost of attendance is more expensive at Stanford than it is at Washington State because one is in the Bay Area and one is in a smaller state in Washington. And is that going to be some gigantic edge for Stanford if Stanford and Washington State, who are both in the Pac-12, are recruiting the same athlete, and Stanford can say, the cost of attendance here, you're going to get more $2,000 more than you will at Washington State. And Gene said, does anybody talk about that now? And the answer is no. Nobody said a word about it. It's nothing. It didn't change anything. It just gave athletes a little more money. So this is the next step. But so yes, so it's like, okay, well, this but Alabama was already Alabama. Ohio State was already Ohio State. Michigan's already Michigan. Like, what's going to actually change? If you think stuff's going to change, in two years, tell me what changed. Show me the things that say, well, in the old way, it was like this. and the new way, it's like this. I'll be very curious. I think that will be much more minimal, right? And if you want to do a big, gigantic thing about, you know, female athletes who can might, might have great opportunities – far beyond now to make money. Great. I think that is worth writing about, but like, okay, good for them. They can do it again. There's there, my, the level of interest. Once you sort of say, Hey, they can make money now. I, I don't know what else there is to say. Right. So I just, I just am, I'm underwhelmed by the sea change idea because the thing that you said, Nathan, everything there's fence posts along the way. Right. And it wasn't that long ago, seven years ago, Urban Meyer and Ohio State are, are fighting for the NCAA to pay for players' families to fly to the national championship game. And that was a big fight. Then we get to cost of attendance. Now we're here. All that's left is paying players. What else is there? Right? You said like, well, this is a step to the next thing. And it is. It's big in itself because players can make money in a way they never could before. What else is left besides the school themselves pay players? Well, no, I think there are incremental things in between there, too. For instance, you know, this bill and most of the other state bills allow for uh, an individual athlete to go seek representation. But there isn't a, a you know, national um, 
provision for allowing the student. That means you can have an agent. Of, you can have right. an agent while you're in college, which everybody helps who helps you with the marketing stuff. Guess what? Specifically, but exactly. They're gonna. But, I mean, it's, of course, right, right, help right. With the other stuff. Too. I'm just. I'm just. <laughs> Just saying what the letter of the law says. Uh, but, but you know, but we've talked about this before, right? Where there isn't – when you don't have – when they can't have a a th- that national level of representation where they can do collective bargaining and stuff like that. Like I think there is a lot of stuff in, in the space between where we're g- about to be with NIL and where you would be if every athlete was being given a salary by the college. What? Um, I, I think – What are the steps? Th- well, that, that would be one of them. What? The, the things like the collective bargaining and, and being able to um, have that sort of the, the representation as a body. Right. So then you could get you could whether it's from the the video games, whether it's from other endorsements, you could have wider re- opportunities that they don't have right now and won't have under NIL. As you know, what, what once you let college athletes talk to agents all the time and it's not like behind the scenes, it's out in the open. Agents are going to tell them, you know what, you guys really should have a union. So uh, that's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, but then they're going to have a union and then the union's going to say we're not playing unless we get paid, then they're going to get paid. So like but like so I guess they have to form a union before they get paid, but that's still all a step toward what else do you want? We want to get paid. So I understand that that's the next thing and like that'll be really interesting, but again like the idea of like hey, I can make a t-shirt beyond I can make a t-shirt, I just I'm underwhelmed compared to other people. And there, no, there, and there are definitely some aspects of this that underwhelm me too. I was disappointed. The question I asked today was, "How much are student athletes involved in having their voices heard, not just with this legislation, but going forward?" And basically, the answer was, um, the state senator said, "Well, I'm not allowed to talk to him because of the NCAA, which I think is, I mean, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if that were true. Maybe it's just the paranoia of what would break an NCAA rule, but that sounds outlandish to me." And then Gene Smith saying like, well, I've talked to a bunch of athletes, so I was able to pass along, you know, their voice and their concerns. And I, I'm not, this isn't specifically me doubting uh, Gene Smith's integrity in that regard, but anytime that a person who has a definite um, interest over here that could be in conflict with what the student athlete wants. And now that person has to be the conduit of the student athletes uh, or the athletes best interest and and what they want. Like I'm, skeptical of that like i don't know why there isn't more of a direct relationship well i do know why it's because the more power that you give the athletes the more voice you give them the more power you give them and the less you get to kind of control this situation and i still feel a lot of control in this i still feel a lot of this is what we're willing to dictate to you not what we are deciding as a group including the athletes is best for everyone it's because they see them as kids and they want to continue to see them as kids. All right. I thought, well, you know, there was a good question today where the part of this bill, um, Austin Ward asked this question. I was going to ask it. And um, part of this bill says, you know, you know what, let's let's wait. I want to I want to take one more break and then come back and get to the specifics okay. of exactly what the Ohio bill does. And then we'll get out of here. We'll do that next on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice and Nathan Baird, 614-350-3315 for the texts. 14 day free trial four bucks a month after that. Pretty good deal. 614-350-3315 if you never tried it. Read cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk. So let's get to the specifics, Nathan. You were going to get into that. Not all the state bills are exactly the same. There's a couple key points here. I thought generally, my general vibe is this: the specifics of this bill are pretty good. There are a couple other states that have come along that it's kind of like, oh, it sounds good. And then it's like, eh. Um, I thought this was pretty good, but the point you're about to bring up, I thought was one of the more problematic points. Go ahead and explain that. Yeah. So there actually aren't a lot of restrictions in this bill. It it doesn't really go into a lot of things that say you can't do this. There are some areas where, well, if you want to enter into an agreement with a company that already has something with your school, there's some steps you have to go through. Um, But one of the things that does prohibit them as an athlete from doing is getting any kind of endorsement or sponsorship or whatever from a company involved with marijuana, alcohol, tobacco, or a casino. Now, in some states, they have included a provision, and this is where politics does come in, because then you'll have usually politicians on the left will say, well, if that's true, if you're going to put that restriction on the athletes, then you have to put that same restriction on the schools. Yep. And in some states, that is happening, where they are, they're crafting bills that if, say, if, you're, if, if, you, if a school says an athlete can't do this, then they also can't have an endorsement or agreement with that same 
uh, kind of company. That doesn't exist in the Ohio bill. Uh, Austin Ward from Letterman Row asked the state senator why that was the case. And the senator, I thought, gave a, a atrocious answer of like, well, you know, some of these athletes are under 21. And I was just saying like, well, some of them are over 21 too. And they're like, yeah, but, um, and, and it was just, again, I thought it was another example of exactly what you just said, which is th- these aren't people that they see an equal relationship with. They see these as like uh, people that are in their care and like now they've almost like whined enough that they are going to make this concession to them, but only under their um, under under the only under the specific guidelines that they are willing to give it up. Like it's not a collaborative effort to come up with the best solution for everyone. So, I mean, because it would be easy to say, OK, well, you can't sell weed, smokes, beer or casinos unless you're 21. That could, and the, but if you're over 21 and it's like, well, how can you determine? I mean, do we have a method for determining how old people are? <laughs> that seems impossible to do. How could we possibly? I don't know. You look 19, but you're 12. It would be like, yeah, if you're over 21, have- you can do it. If you because if you're I mean, like who would want to sell beer? I mean, that does make sense to me. It's like, hi, I'm Ohio State's quarterback. I'm not old enough to drink beer legally. But if I was, I would drink Bud Light, right? I get why they can't do that. But then once you're 21, you can sell it. That would be very easy to do. Right. And like professional athletes are allowed to do endorsements with those. I mean, I assume that they probably do have in maybe they have morality clauses in their individual contracts that would prohibit them from certain things. I don't know. But you see professional athletes all the time who are doing beer commercials or have things with casinos or online betting or whatever like that. Uh, maybe actually not so much that with the pro sports, because there's a lot of paranoia about the influence of gambling on, on the results of, of pro sports, I suppose. But it just, it, it is to me a very hypocritical stance. If you're going to prohibit the, it, why is it good enough for the school and not good enough for the athlete? Yeah, no, that's true. That's the most problematic part of the bill. Another part is basically they have a 15 day clearinghouse of like, I, my interpretation, Nathan, to make sure I get this right, is like Taraja Mitchell says to Ohio State, hey, I'm going to start a T-shirt line. Here's who I'm working with. Um, and that's the deal. And then, like, I think he can't make a T-shirt the next day. They have like this 15 day like waiting period where Ohio State doesn't actually have any authority to say, ah, no, you can't work with that T-shirt maker. But the way Gene Smith explained it is they, they want to make sure, okay, well, we'll help you figure it out, make sure everything's in order, make sure it's not like the T-shirt maker gets 90% of the profits and you only get 10%. Ohio State, again, is acting like the parent. We want this waiting period to help you figure out the best deal, but we do not have veto power over it. Gene Smith is acting direct. I think Clay Hall said, do you have veto power? And Gene said, no, no, we can't stop anybody other than the booze, weed, smokes, and casino stuff, we can't stop anybody from doing anything. But we want to have a little bit of an advisory period. And Gene Smith said, we have that now. Maybe we'll get to the point where we don't need to have that. That's a little bit parental. But the fact that like this has never taken place before and there might be people flooding the marketplace with terrible deals for college students who haven't done business type stuff before... At the moment, I don't think that's a terrible provision, the 15-day waiting period. Nathan, what did you think? Because, I mean, listen, it's like, okay, well, you'd like to make a T-shirt tomorrow, but we're just trying to make sure everything's cool before you make it. What do you think? I have some problems with this too, frankly. I I think, you know, let's say that there is a – if you have an appearance set up and there's going to be five Ohio State football players at this appearance and then one of them uh, wakes up that day and is sick and they want an Ohio State player to jump in as a replacement – but they haven't given that 15 day notice. You can't just go draft another player to go sign autographs or do whatever. Like, I don't know. I think that that's, that's silly to me. Yeah. And I guess like if Braxton Miller has the spin move on Saturday, can he not tell the sell the spin move t-shirt for two weeks? Right now, I guess I would say in my case, now maybe there would be a thing where like you enter in like all hundred and whatever players, including walk-ons at Ohio state, um, give notice that such and such entity in in Columbus will occasionally employ Ohio State players for these public appearances or autograph signings or whatever. And as long as you do that, 
then anytime after those 15 days, it can be at a moment's notice. You can go do the, the autograph signing. I guess that, I mean, we're getting into parts of this yeah. that we are, are, don't know, but I mean, I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I just, every time I see a restriction being placed on this, I'm skeptical because again, you're talking about what in many ways is a, a, an uncontrolled market for the, the coaches and the ADs who are in charge of very, very much involved with helping craft the actual legislation that's coming down the pike and then a still a very controlled market for the players themselves. I mean, the one thing I will say is we do act sometimes like that everybody else can do whatever they want all the time. I mean, pro athletes sign contracts. They have to earn their free agency. Coaches, when they change jobs, have buyouts, right? I mean, there is a lot of stuff. There are, it's not like everybody else in the sports world operates completely unrestricted. So like some minor level of restriction I get, but I also get what you're saying too. But I mean, hopefully, you know, if Braxton Miller has the t-shirt company and it's like, well, before you could just buy a Braxton Miller shirt. Now you can buy a spin move shirt. He doesn't have to get permission for the new style of shirt because he already has the t-shirt company that was set up and approved already. So I, I don't know. I, I, I also think it's different than if Ohio state says, um, Ryan Day, we're going to give you $6 million a year to coach our football team. And so because of that, regardless of what we choose to do with any companies, you can't endorse um, a marijuana company. Like we're putting that in your contract, which I actually don't think is in there. I'd have to look again. I don't know if there's any of that kind of morality stuff in the in the contract or the image, whatever. But I think it's very different if you're telling a, a student athlete um, when you're just talking about a few dollars and what a few dollars that could mean a big deal to them that they can't partake in something that you also are partaking in or that you're putting up these walls to um, the, and, and, and even if I, I know what you're saying, I know what they're saying as far as we don't have any veto power here, but when you're making them give you this 15 day notice, I think that gives you plenty of time to like sort of talk them towards what you would prefer something to be. I'm just, I'm just skeptical of it. I'd like to see it in practice before I guess I make a final decision. Yeah, but the good thing is that that there and there's no agent restrictions, right? There's no marketing agent restrictions. And the marketing agents, they're going to finally have somebody fighting on their behalf. Cuz the idea of like, listen, these these young people are going to be diving into things that they've never done before and we don't want them to get taken advantage of, right? I I do think there's at least some small percent of that that is true, that is actually that's in good faith. Listen, we we just want Taraja Mitchell, who, again, we're using his name because he has put out on social media that he's going to do uh, some kind of T-shirt thing. And he's kind of waiting for NIL to pass and he wants to do it. But like, we just want to make sure when he does it, like he makes the most amount of money that he can. And maybe he's maybe he and his family are and his marketing agent are totally capable of handling that. But like, we just would like you to chill out for a little bit to like double check. I don't think that's bad faith necessarily, but it goes back to the thing we've talked about before. Why do they have the right to do that? They're adult. What do you, what do you mean? Why does it, you can offer the help, but should you mandate the waiting period? I, I get what you're saying, Nathan. Yeah. And I also think like we're, we're also being naive if we don't think we've talked before about Ohio state being in a good position, being in Columbus, being the kind of city it is and the opportunities are going to be there. We've talked about, how the um, one-time transfer immediate eligibility thing can help Ohio State as far as having to like plug a big um, vacancy very quickly. I can see how those two things can work in tandem here when you start getting agents involved and they can say, you know, an agent working on your behalf sees those opportunities other places. I'm sure the athletes see them already as it is, but like I'm, I don't, it's very easy to envision a thing where like somebody, an agent says to a player like, hey, if you want to go, like, I bet we can get you just even 30 grand a year to do things in Columbus for the next two years on how state needs a, a number two running back, but there, this opportunity is there or whatever. Like, I think that sort of stuff's going to happen too. But also, okay. So I, I don't want to go down too far, this too far down this road, because again, we we're getting to the theoretical. It's not that interesting. When Trey Sermon got to Columbus last year, who's doing an endorsement deal with Trey Sermon? Who cares who Trey Sermon is? Who cares who Jonah Jackson is? Like, how would they make money? Like when they get here based on like, Oh, yeah, number two you... running back, number two running backs are I mean, bad, but, bad but like a lot but... of the transfers, but like, I mean, okay. Justin Fields, right. The starting quarterback, but like anybody beyond that, 
It's like, oh, Henry Cho, like in theory, right? I mean, I, that's why I think, again, this is not going to be that big a deal. It's like everybody thinks every Ohio State football player is going to make 100 grand a year. It's like, why? Who's going to be in business with some random linebacker who's a starter at Ohio State but is just good? What, what are you endorsing? I mean, I that guy's going to be able to sign autographs and do cameos and sell himself on social media. That guy's not going to be making in 100 grand a year from companies. Right. But I think one of the things and this has been the one area where I have had some sympathies for the schools is the difference between somebody who is um, legitimately employing and or and getting an endorsement from an athlete and somebody who is just finding excuse to give money to an athlete. And that is the one thing out there that we haven't seen yet, how this is going to unfold in actual practice. Right. Are there are these all going to be legitimate sponsorships and endorsement opportunities, or are they going to be ways for people to find ways to funnel money to people? But, which, but let's pretend, let's not pretend that isn't already happening. But a bunch of it's not endorsements; it's cameos and autographs. It's right. say hello to my kid for his birthday, and it's sign this piece of paper. What is that worth? What is the value of that? If somebody values that at a thousand dollars, how can you stop them from valuing it at that? But, but also, I think they're going to try. I mean, there's nothing in this well, bill that does that, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. But there's no limit. That's that's the thing. There's no limit other than the booze, weed, smokes and casinos. There's no limit on how much you can make, at least the way they explained it or what it can be. So if someone says, I'll pay a million dollars for the for the a linebacker's autograph. OK, congratulations. Your autograph is worth a million dollars. So I don't know, but like. Do you that's like people are going to do that for what? Because they think it's going to make a linebacker come to Ohio State because somebody just has a million dollars they want to throw around because they I love the million. Be, I, I don't think it would take nearly a million, though, because I think you absolutely believe because we've seen at least anecdotal evidence of it, that money does get exchanged under the table in recruiting. Well, part of the reason that money got exchanged under the table is because it couldn't get exchanged over the table. Right. Correct. So I think you're going to bring some of that above board, but that was like the best players and getting, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. But again, in uh, that doesn't mean that everybody's going to be making a hundred thousand dollars or that a, a lot of people are going to be paying a thousand dollars for an autograph. Like I still just think, I just don't, I'm just, just saying, yeah, I'm just saying that the money exists in this sphere from people who just want it to get to the athletes so they'll come to their school like that they that money out there as is is out there as an enticement and it's been under the table and you're asking like who would pay for that i'm saying that now it's not even so much necessarily maybe the business value of it i think someone is going to put that money out in, into the world because they want to to get that money to the athletes but i'm saying that almost still in as as a reason why it it should exist because again it's happening under the table now it should just be above board and um, and something that's out in the open. So and uh, yeah, but and the other thing that I thought was interesting is like uh, some marketing agents going to figure this out. Like the the senator was asked it, and he said, "Yeah, they can do that." It's like if if somebody said, "Hey, like let's get the whole team, and let's get the whole team to to do a commercial for a wings restaurant, and well, they'll give us ten thousand dollars, and we'll split it between everybody." They were like, yeah, you can do that. It's like, well, that, guess what that's starting to be like? That's a little mini Ohio State Union to market yep. yourselves as the official whatever, you know, like, hey, we're, we're the entire Ohio State football roster. When we eat wings, we eat here, right? So when, when I, I talked know. to Gene Smith last week, the, the ultimate impression I came away from that was it was two things. It was number one that like there's the frustration that he felt for towards the NCAA for not having – already figured this out and voted on it in January and we would be six months ahead of where we are right now. So there was, there was that. And like his sort of urgency that they, they absolutely have to do something in June or there's a real catastrophe coming. But the other thing that I took away from that conversation was that whatever happens in June, July 1st comes, that is not the end of this. July 1st is almost the start of everything. July 1st is when there's either going to be just five States have it and everybody else is left out in the open, which means there's going to be litigation. There's going to be other states scrambling to do something, kind of like what Ohio's doing right now. Or there's going to be an NCA law in place. But that NCA rule isn't legislation is probably not going to go as far as some states will. Maybe not even as far as Ohio State's is going to go. So what takes precedent? 
who decides whether the NCA rule is what stands or the state rule is what stands. Because the way the state senator was talking today, Ohio, whatever Ohio does supersedes anything the NCA decides to say and, and the restrictions it tries to put in place. So I feel like there's still a lot that's going to have to be hashed out in this in this topic um, in the months ahead. And none of it is interesting because in the end, players are going to be able to make commercials right. and do cameos and get paid for autographs. And that's it. And it's not going to affect how it's not going to affect who wins and who loses. And it's not going to have a huge effect on where recruits go. Do we agree with that? I think once there's a national law or, or either the NCAA or all of the states have a, um, a law, but, it doesn't affect where recruits go. I think it affects where recruits go if, if a year from now Ohio doesn't have any kind of law. The NCAA have doesn't have any kind of law. But the whole point is Ohio's going to pass this law next week with zero no votes. So, like, we don't have to – I mean, somebody asked a question today, like, well, what if it doesn't pass? Well, what if it – it's going to pass. Ohio State found the senator to introduce it. They're going to put it out there. Everybody's going to vote for it. And there's 0% chance that Ohio doesn't have this in place by July 1st. So like, that's it. They figured it out. It's over. And then like, I don't know. I mean, if Idaho doesn't have it, who cares? And like, guess what? If Pennsylvania doesn't have it yet, I don't know if they do or they don't. They're going to figure out they better freaking get it. And they're going to get it because nobody's against it. So, so like the, the what ifs of like, well, what if it's imbalanced? It's not going to be imbalanced. Whether every state that matters, every state that has an actual football team is going to do it because they have to, which is what Ohio did. There's no proactive. They can act like they're proactive. There's no proactive here. You are reacting to what the South did, and it took you too long, but you finally did it, so it's fine. So everybody that matters is going to do it. New Mexico's already done it. I don't care if New Mexico has it because New Mexico and New Mexico State aren't making the playoff whether there's NIL or not. So the states are going to do it or the NCAA is going to act in some way. They'll figure it out. Players will get paid from endorsements and that's it. And then, then, and then like, I just like, there's nothing there. I just tell me what the story is beyond that. I'll write about, you know what, when we, when we're selling Travion Henderson, um, you know. Well, I think, I think that's where it'll happen. I mean, that's where, the story will be told to us eventually, but if players start saying one of the reasons I came to Ohio state was because I can earn more money there during my career, but which will be, but, but, but the, I, the number of players that that applies to, I think will be small. You're right. Right. And it's like, well, they already come, well, there's already 10 reasons they come to Ohio state because they want to go. It's still, you're still not going to make as much money as you are in the NFL. Right. So it's like I came to Ohio State because they have a really good I can make money from the wings place down the street. But if you think Clemson is a smaller town, but Clemson is going to develop you better for the NFL at your position, you better go to Clemson, man, because NFL money beats wings money. So I, but we wrote about that. Yes, yes, I do agree. Ohio State will probably because of a Colum the size of Columbus, the business community of Columbus probably does have an edge over State College, probably maybe has an edge over Ann Arbor. May have it right, but they already have that. <laughs> they already have that edge. So what? They have more right. of an edge. So I think they might get like another recruit or two a year, which is not nothing. But like Ezekiel Elliott already came from St. Louis, and Chase Young already came from Maryland, and and J.K. Dobbins already came from Texas. So I don't know that they're opening their eyes to an entirely new group of guys, and then just like that's it. So I'm, I'm nominally interested. I'm here for it. I'm here for it to be wrong, that this is the day that changes college sports forever. It is a step on the way, but get back to me when they start paying players, which is, a, this is a step toward that, but it should have happened 10 years ago. We should all be wearing Braxton Miller spin move shirts that he should have been able to sell the day after the game, not a year and a half later when he got out of college. So I don't know. It's a little, I'm, a, I'm just, I'm just, I think it is, so obvious that it should have happened so long ago. And I, but then I also think at the same time, it's not going to change things nearly as much as people are going to change things. So the idea that people are celebrating this historic moment ticks me off because it's like, congratulations on being 10 years too late. And then the idea that people think this is, this changes everything. I don't see it. So that's why I'm a grumpy podcaster today, Nathan. And maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. And I'm wrong a lot, but. People thought the stipend thing was going to be a huge deal. And like, it just gave, it just gave players money and it didn't matter at 
all beyond that. And this is bigger than that, but I think it's a version of that. Yeah, I, I think you I think you might ultimately be right. Um, but I also think that it it's like I said, it's just one of those fence posts along the way towards what people have really been pushing for underneath this. I mean, the revenue is one part of it, but I think just the voice and the influence of, of athletes is the other part of this. And I think we may look back in 10 years and, and look at this event relative to that and see it had more importance than we thought. And just by the way, if there are any players listening to this, good luck, make every nickel you can. There are going to be like people who are going to present themselves as marketing managers and that kind of thing. And they're going to be some businesses that want to do business with you that are trying to scam you. So be smart, right? Get your parents, be smart, get a marketing manager that you trust, but there's absolutely going to be unscrupulous people trying to like get in with Ohio state players for their own good. But like, that's also the world. So you, you deserve the right to have to deal with unscrupulous people. And uh, maybe we can get a player to be uh, say that Buckeye talks his favorite podcast. I wonder if there's limits on us, Nathan, could we talk to, if we're interviewing a player and say, Hey, we'll give you 50 bucks to do say into our recorder right now. Hi, this is Ohio state football player X. And I listen to Buckeyes probably a lot. I listen to Buckeye talk every day for the most entertaining takes on the Ohio state Buckeyes. Would we get kicked off the beat if we gave somebody 50 bucks to do that? We should, but Seems I want, but I want, unethical. but I want to, but I just want to have a commercial and then we can't um, do it. We can't do it. It's unethical. I, I think it probably is unethical. Yeah. Paying your sources. Yeah. I think it's it's probably the, unethical. Can we change the journalism rules next? Can we get the state Senator to change journalism ethic rules? <laughs> I think they would love to try. I, uh, when I was in college, I went to, I got a media pass for a Chicago Cubs game and I went down and I like wrote out, commercial cuts and may <laughs> asked like Cubs players <laughs> to say them. And, uh, and, uh, but I got Joe Girardi who was a Northwestern grad to be like, hi, I'm Joe Girardi. And I listened to 89.3 WNUR. And I got Harry Carey to do one. It was like, this is Harry Carey. And when I'm in Evanston, I listened to 89 po-. and we lost it. Like we recorded it. We made a commercial out of it. And then it like the tape got destroyed and now he's dead. This is Harry Carey. I'll just make our own commercials. I'm Stetler Barnett. And whenever I listen to them Yankees talking about football, I listen to Buckeye talk. Just think of all the the commercials he could have done last year. I'm Stetler Barnett. I'm hanging on by my fingernails to this Georgia starting quarterback job. But as long as I have it, I wash my car at Dixieland Car Wash. We should track it. Do we need a tracker? Like a money tracker? Because like our boss, like the inter- most interesting yeah. thing is who's making the money. So if we could say like, if we kept track of like, but they're not going to tell us. Do you think that'll be open records information? No. Because they have to disclose to the school what they're doing, but they don't have to report what they're making. So we won't be able to find out who has the most successful t-shirt company. I, again, unless someone is trying to put limits on how much you can earn per event, per certain thing. That was, I mean, if you, to go back to it, I mean, that was when, when Gene Smith kind of had that impromptu press conference with us after the California thing. That was his point, right? Was that someone could just do a cameo and give somebody a million dollars and do, is that the world you want to live in? And my point was kind of, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I, I will don't. do a story on the person who pays a million dollars for a cameo just because they love the Buckeyes. Because there are a lot better ways for you to spend your money. Okay, that's it. NIL. Can we be done with this for a while? You've done. Re- you have done done very good reporting on this. I feel like we've been on top of this stuff. I mean, we had Anthony Gonzalez on here, which was set up entirely by you, Nathan. That like, I don't know if we broke news necessarily broke news, but we certainly like. He outlined what's going on. And I think we went a borderline broke news with like the guy who's like introducing introducing the legislation was like it's not getting done this summer. I don't know if everybody knew that. Yeah, that was the first. I he was the first one to really articulate that to me because I thought that was the whole point of this was to push towards something for the summer. And then he was like, "Oh no, that ain't happening." And that was the first time I had heard. That's what I thought introduced a new urgency to all of this. Yeah, 
And we well, at knew, least on at least on my behalf, I think other people already had that urgency. I think Gene Smith probably already had that urgency. And Ohio State knew they had to find a senator to do this. And I did like the senator. Um, uh, it's my fault on this. Naraj Antani, when he was like, well, we're going to act in the Ohio State Senate because I don't trust Congress. And it's like, OK, you're dying to be in Congress like in four years. So, like, I get it. Every every politician is going to take a shot at every other politician. Although Anthony Gonzalez took a shot at Congress, too, of like, we don't get anything done. So, like, Ohio had to do this. We knew they were going to do it. We just had to wait to see which senator would be the one to introduce the legislation. It would have been a huge because Gene Smith did admit they would have been behind. They would have been at a competitive disadvantage for Florida and Alabama and other states to have this and Ohio not to have it, which is why Ohio State was never going to let that happen. And so it didn't happen. And we in a week, the last thing we'll report on this for a while is the Ohio legislature passing this by a unanimous vote because, and then we can find out, Nathan, that's your next task. I'm actually going on vacation next week. Uh, please call everybody who votes against Ohio state football and ask them why they decided to set their political careers on fire. Okay. NIL. Doug Maurice and Nathan Baird. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll get back to talking football. We're doing rapid fire on the big Wednesday pod. So look forward to that. Appreciate you listening. And that was Buckeye talk. Mm-hmm.